welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All Stars Season 5, Episode 4, titled She MZ. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by the goddess of guts, gold, and glitter. From the Bloody Podcast Network, please say, I'm aroused. To Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. Hello, darling. <laughs> Oh, Lori, by the way, we had such a great conversation right now on uh, Just Between Us Girls. Yeah. What did we talk about? Uh, I mean, I guess the main, the main topic was um, that you're successful. No, 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 no. That was that was the real Just Between Us Girls. I'm talking about the oh, Just Between oh, Us Girls oh. we recorded 24 hours ago before you vomited your brains out. Yeah, yeah, and pooped. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, uh, oh, oh, we talked, oh, what did we talk about? God, that's such a blur to me. You know what? I don't remember. Guys, it was good, though. I remember it was, like, I've, really, there was, like, serious topics and whatnot. If you want to Oh, know, we you, talked about boycotting. That's right. We talked oh, about boycotting. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, by the way, guys, if you want to hear what we did talk about, it was more than boycotting. I remember there were a lot of, like, family stories and whatnot. Yeah, we talked about uh, like family drama. Yeah. We talked about boy boycotting. Well, yeah. how that you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Go over to patreoncom media and join the premium level to get access to Just Between Us Girls. You get this show early, commercial free. Because you know, right now those uh, those Better Help. By the way, if you guys are skipping those Better Help ads, and I know it's not like I get Lori, aren't those Better Help ads so funny? I know the one. The one today, the one that's... Well, I don't I shouldn't say because they only air for a certain amount of time. So people who listen in the future aren't going to hear these at all. But uh, right now, if you're in the future, if you're listening, you might not hear this. But there's these better help spots running in. They're long. They're infomercials. And this one is so funny, the one that runs today. Then it happened and it runs today. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. Go over to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and uh, join at the premium level. Uh, okay, um, Lori, let's jump right into it. This week, the Queens team up to improv through scandalous situations on the gossip show, She MZ. On the runway, the category is Camo Couture. Ms. Cracker is named the top all-star of the week. Meanwhile, RuPaul placed India Farah and Mayhem Miller in the bottom two. On the main stage, RuPaul revealed Morgan McMichaels as this week's lip-sync assassin. After, did I say assassin? Whatever. After a lip-sync battle for their legacies, both Cracker and Morgan McMichaels were named the winners. As the winners, they both pulled a lipstick from their bra and they revealed the same name. That the third eliminated queen is Mayhem Miller, Lori Roggenkamp. Name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Um, I liked the I liked the the improv scenes. I thought for the most part they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna get a little nitpicky when we get into them, but um, just overall they were they were pretty good. Uh, I, I liked, I liked the looks. I really, I love camouflage. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before I barf my, and di- diary and my brains out. Um, I, uh, I used to wear m- almost mostly camouflage in high school. That's what I used to wear. Mm-hmm. So oh, were you um, worried about people? You, you, you want people to see you? Yeah. <laughs> I was covering my fat parts, Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so I used to have I used to have a camouflage uh, slanket, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, so um, I lo- I love the looks. Uh, what I didn't like I didn't like the part of Shamsy where it was just the boys like 
doing the TMZ spoof. Yeah. Like I thought it was funny that Carson had a tea, had a tea, like a little teacup. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really funny, but mm-hmm. then everything else, it just seemed like they were like struggling with their lines and it just seemed very forced. It didn't seem as yeah. fluid as the, as the actual like scenes did. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, it's, it's funny that that's the one thing you picked out. Well, the two things I like, I'm with you. I love, love, love Juju B. Like, here's the thing. You know, this is, I think this is, I mean, Jujubee's always been beloved, but I really feel this is the season where she is going to really, sh- or she has been shining, because yeah. she was originally on season two, where she got close, but, you know, it, it was really, that that scene, that scene, that season was really about Tyra and Raven, okay? So she was a little yeah. overshadowed. All-Stars won was had a lot of big personalities and Alexis Mateo was on that season uh Manila Luzon was on that season and and she was great and she had a very amazing moment with Raven where they cried because they were drunk and they lip-synced to Robin's uh what's that Robin song Call my, dancing up, no dancing on my own and it's a, an iconic moment in RuPaul's Drag Race history came in third but uh I don't know how she's going to fare in this season but uh I think already she's won She's won the hearts of America, and uh, yeah, and I think at the at the now whoever whoever wins the crown, even if well if it's Juju be great, it's a double win. But whoever if it's not Juju B, whoever wins the crown, I still think is running second to Juju B, who's winning America's heart. And so that's one thing. I, I think mean. yeah, I think mean, you have the classic archetype of the reality show, which is you have Alexis Mateo who's mm-hmm. trying to play the mental aspect of the game very yeah. very hard, and so. Who's to see if that'll work out or not? Mm-hmm. You have Shay Coulee, who mm-hmm. is the who who is a solid front runner, has all the talent, but you can see is kind of buckling a little bit to the pressure. Mm-hmm. And then you have Juju B, who's almost kind of succeeding because of lowered expectations. You know, she I think she kind of assumes that Shay might might be the one to win. Mm-hmm. So she's just it just seems to me like she's there to have fun. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like is really what's what's causing her to win is that she's having fun in the confessionals. She's having fun in the during the the workroom time. She's having mm-hmm. fun in the in the competition. She's having fun in the you know uh, the uh, looks. Mm-hmm. So it's just like she's just there to have fun. Yeah, and she's just there to you know. And I think that she's doing a great job. So uh, the other thing I really liked. I don't know if you happen to watch Untucked, Lori. But I the, did at the very end. You know, Morgan McMichaels, who is Mayhem Miller's best friend. Mm-hmm. comes backstage to uh, help Mayhem pack, and she's just sobbing, and she makes Mayhem cry. And, you know, this show, I would say even this season, this season is just packed to the gills with inauthentic, producer-driven moments. So to see a very authentic moment between two sisters, essentially... Yeah. It was really heartwarming, and I really liked it. Especially since Morgan McMichaels, for those of you who aren't that familiar with her, I feel one of the criticisms you can have of her is that she can come off as very cold, uh, yeah. her persona. But here we got to see the real Morgan McMichaels and... Uh, in her boy clothes and her boy drag, and I think it was. I thought it was really sweet, mm-hmm. and I loved. I just loved how she was like uh, just as heartbroken as Mayhem, mm-hmm. you know. And just think about how devastating that is to um, 
you know, to be best friends with somebody. And then you're essentially one of the reasons why that person gets eliminated from a competition. Yeah. By the way, you know? I, want, I want to address something. Spiral Queen. I, I rarely in uh, we guys we have we have a chat room that goes on, and if you were on Patreon, you would be part of that chat room. And I rarely acknowledge it on Drag Race Recap, but I but spirals is something really important because I felt the same way when you. I got triggered when you said lowered expectations. You know, because it, it has a racial connotation to it. Uh, the soft, oh, bigotry, it does? The, yeah, the soft bigotry of lowered expectations. But she goes, "Oh, she realized you meant lower self expectations, lower self, you know, lower pressure on herself. So not the expectations yeah. of others." Okay, all right. I was a little like, I was a little triggered when you said that. I was like, hmm, "What's going on here?" Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. It's not. Yeah, but it, 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 it does come from a famous phrase from uh, a black uh, uh, race. A thinker on race, and he he talked about the soft bigotry or lower expectations. Oh, uh, I was mostly saying that she was just like, "Look, I'm not." I mean, she's even said, "I'm not taking this too seriously right now." Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I just clarifying that for the audience. Oh, uh, okay. okay. And then the one thing I did not like, I'm gonna. I think you and I are gonna have a very interesting discussion here. I absolutely detested everything about Shmz from beginning to end. I thought it was horrible. Okay, and I'll get into my specifics. Oh, really? Of, ugh. Now, I know, and I'm very interested to hear your thoughts, because everyone should know. If you're People on Patreon know this because Lori likes to brag about this, but Lori is, I guess, the self-appointed goddess of comedy and improv in Los Angeles. Yes. Well, I was the queen, but then improv and comedy died during the yeah. COVID. So during COVID, I'm the goddess of improv and comedy. Yeah. She is the goddess of improv and comedy in Los Angeles. Like, she... People like, and I think we did. We where did we talk about this last? Where, you know, Robin Williams even asked if he could perform with you. you he know. asked if he could perform with the team I was performing with because we were the next team up. There was no other reason. It's not like he saw us and was like them. He just wanted to perform with the team, so that's mm, it. I think he wanted, to perform but he with stayed you. afterwards for like two and a half hours and talked to all of us. Oh, really? Yeah, he was really nice. He was a really nice person. I w- I'm the world got a less a little less funny when he died. I think someone argued people he got a little less funny when he performed with your team, but uh, <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that's but, when he was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe suicide is an option. <laughs> Lord, oh my God, you're canceled! All right, after Mariah's elimination, Shay's relieved. She dodged a bullet. Juju reveals the lipstick votes and lays out two votes for Shay. Mayhem admits that she voted for Shay because Mariah is her sister, and Alexis admits that she voted for Shay because she voted for the queen that was critiqued the hardest in her confessional. Shay says she won't forget that Mayhem and Alexis tried to send her home. Lori, your big thoughts on uh, this whole uh, after the elimination segment? Um, I don't know. I I uh. I kind of thought it was a little bit of manufactured drama. I, I guess I still am not necessarily a hundred percent a fan of them pulling out the lipsticks and sort of Nate forcing everybody to tell who voted oh, for who. I think I know the, I, I think I know why that is. I believe it is all stars three when BB Zahara Benet contestant BB Zahara Benet, she uh, lost the lip sync for the legacy, right? And so what had been traditionally the case is the next... Okay, in previous iterations of All-Stars, it would be the top two queens competed against each other 
as a battle for their legacy. The winning queen would then pull the lipstick from her bra and reveal who she had chosen to get the chomp. Okay? Okay. In the next episode, in the opening scene, the queen who didn't win the lip sync would then reveal who she voted to go home. Okay? Yeah. It all stopped with Bibi Zahara Benet, who absolutely refused to reveal who she voted for. Refused. Despite all the pressure from the girls and everything, refused. So it's funny. I think the producers knew, but they, you know, they, they can't, because that, that they, then it would reveal that they know, right? So I think they came up with a scheme where it would essentially force those who voted to admit, because now it's on film. Okay, they film them making the votes, and then they lay out the lipsticks and reveal who voted. So uh, I think it's a way to force the queen's hand to reveal who they voted for. But go ahead. Oh, so I don't know. I felt like that was good. But also it's like, look, again, I think I'm going to keep going. And, and this is a point I have to make later on when we find out uh, stuff at the end. But I I think I'm just like, why are these these queens are taking this so personally it's a competition Mm -hmm. but on the flip side i will say that i was really disappointed with alexis because i honestly was like i thought alexis was going to be like yeah i voted for you because you're competition and i wanted you out of the competition instead she was like i voted for you because like i don't really see like i didn't really feel like you gave it a hundred and like you know i respect the hell out of you but like i just was like i i can't vote for if for mayhem yeah or uh, um, India. Well, I... I or, or no, Mariah. Yeah. Sorry, Mariah. I don't know what the reason is. I can't predict whether it was producers told him to lie or whatnot. Let me tell you this. If I were playing this game, I would have just straight up lied. I would have been person going like, I don't know who voted for Shay, right? And even though they filmed me, Shay wouldn't know until at the, the watch party. You yeah. Know, months later, after the competition is done and people are crowned, <laughs> right? I would have been like... I would have been truth. like... I would have been like Oh, I don't know who voted for Shay. That's awful. I would never do that, right? I would never vote for Shay. Yeah. Or, like you said, if I were like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell the truth. I would have been like, yeah, your competition. But here's the deal. There has to be a version of Shay that knows that. And this is what it was sort of getting me angry. What is the problem? Why? There is sort of a, an entitlement here. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Shay has a sense of entitlement that she... And you've seen this in other All Stars, by the way. Uh, there was a sense All of, of them do though. There was mm, there was a sense of, there was a sense of entitlement with Chad Michaels on All Stars one, but he actually won. Okay, so all right. Then on All Stars two, there was a sense of entitlement on Alaska's end, which she won, but in the in the penultimate episode. There was some really gross moments that did not reflect on Alaska well, showing her sense of entitlement. Okay? Yeah. All-Stars 3, uh, it seems that people with entitlement often win. Trixie had that sense of entitlement. But you know what? Shangela did too, but both of them... Uh, Shangela, I felt, deserved that award, right? But both Trixie and Shangela conflicted because they both had this sense of entitlement to that prize. You know? Uh, I can't predict. I don't think that I don't feel anyone had that sense in All Stars where, but I could be wrong. And I feel that Shay has it. Like Shay feels it is owed to her because she should have won season nine, and that anybody who steps in her way is is robbing her of what she deserves. 
And, I, I, you know, I think it'd be very fair to say, uh, because Shay votes for people. Shay votes for people. Is it wrong when she well, votes for people? I think there's a, there is a level of confidence you need. And yeah. I think there's a fine line between confidence and entitlement. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I get what you're saying in that. I think for the most part, you do need to sort of feel like this uh-huh. is yours. You need to, because that's, you know, it's a, it's a mental game as much as it is anything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing that frustrates me is when it crosses over into entitlement is exactly what you're saying with Shay being like, I can't believe Alexis voted for me. It's like, you were in the bottom. Yeah. When you put yourself in the bottom, yeah. you put yourself in, in a league to get voted yeah. off. Like, that that's sense. just like. I, it's not like Angina, where Angina wasn't even in the bottom and Cracker was like, I wanted to vote for you. That you're yeah. like, okay, what the bitch? I wasn't yeah, even in the what? bottom. Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> That's weird. But she was in the bottom. Yeah. 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 So it's like either don't put yourself in the bottom. Yeah. Or or, you know, don't get surprised when people vote for you. Yeah. Now I will say, don't get me wrong, I will say I do find it a little crazy that like only one person voted for India. But, you know, I, I guess I guess we're not seeing a version of India that everybody else is no. seeing because everybody's falling over themselves saying no. how much, how hard she's working and no. how great she is. And all we see is this like weirdo with shark teeth. No, don't who- you think you always want to keep India in the competition because she's going to be in case you have to go up against her later. She's your your safety card. But you don't know. See, that's the thing is that's always a weird that's always a troubling thing to do because you don't know mm-hmm. if she's going to one she's going to one day knock it out of the park. And just have a great, a great moment, and that great moment coincides with the finale, and then she wins the whole thing. Yeah, I mean that's happened on other reality shows where people have been mediocre mm-hmm. the whole way through, and then gotten to the finale because people wanted to keep them through because they thought they could beat them, and then they knock it out of the park that well, one day. Some look, that, look, look. Here's the deal. That's what happened with Shay in season nine. Uh, Sasha had done okay. Had not she did not win any individual challenges. In fact, the only challenges she won, I think she won two, and I think they were both in a team competition with Shay. I could be wrong, and uh, I know at least one of them was in a team competition with Shay. And then she shows up to season nine, the finale, because she rides that middle ground all the way to the finale. They introduce the lip sync for the crown, and she just slays and takes the crown. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, but it's yeah. a calculated risk you have to play. It's a calculated risk you have to play. Now, by the but, way, I mean know, back. Oh, sorry. No, you go. I want to go back to something that's also discussed when they're talking about the votes. When Shay's kind of pissed that they voted for her, and Shay has decided. I, I don't remember there being a group vote on this because she's like, "Well, why would you vote for me? Based on my track record, I shouldn't. You shouldn't have voted for me." I'm like, "When did it become track record? Did, did they? Maybe, maybe it did. But did they all get together and decide it was track record? No." I think there's an unwritten, as far as I know, from the shows, episode seasons I've watched, and from other reality shows, there is always an unwritten rule that you go by track record. Now that always, ne- that almost never happens all the way through, mm-hmm. but they're always supposed to say you're supposed to go by track record. Which I mean, I guess if you go by track record, Mariah was supposed to go home mm-hmm. because India's won a competition, and so has Shay. And even though India's maybe been in the bottom a little bit more, I mean, I feel like her winning kind of evens it out. So mm-hmm. then Mariah should 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 have gone home. So I don't know. I think that I think that in my opinion, track record wise, mm-hmm. India and Shay are kind of in evenly matched. All right. 
All right, the next day, Juju reads the mirror message from Mariah. Shay shades Juju because it's her first time wiping off a lipstick mirror message. And Alexis points out that every time a queen wins, she's in the bottom the following re- week. Next, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be caught behaving badly on the nationally syndicated gossip show, SheMZ. Working in teams, you need to improv your way through some scandalous situations. And you gotta be funny. Make me laugh. All right, now next, RuPaul announced the teams. Here are the teams. Mayhem Miller is with India Farah. Uh, India will play a chronic shoplifter. Mayhem will play the thirsty shop girl. Uh, then we have Jujubee, Blair St. Clair, and Ms. Cracker. Juju will play an overprotective drag mother. Blair will play her obnoxious, ungrateful daughter. And Ms. Cracker will play a shady queen in a college admission scandal. And then finally, in group three, it's Shay Coulee and Alexis Mateo. Shay will play a drag queen fired from the fake housewives of Tuckahoe for being too fake. Alexis will play a messy drag queen fired from the same show for being too trashy uh later in the workroom india admits to shoplifting mayhem has something to prove shay doesn't trust alexis but she wants to break the curse of her teammate going home and cracker confronts blair about plotting to push her out of the competition but blair denies everything laurie your thoughts well, why don't we save the maxi challenge when we talk about the maxi challenge but all the stuff that happened in the workroom with india and mayhem and that conversation and shay and alexis and uh cracker and blair any thoughts there um, I, I actually, I thought it was funny that India confessed to, um, shoplifting. Well, I was like, uh, Lori and India have something in common. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I almost expected her to be like, um, uh, the lines were too long. Yeah. So I just took what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, Everyone listening at home, Lori has talked about this. She brags about this in every show and afterthought. I don't brag about it. She, I talked about it once, and you're the one who brought it up. This this Laurie went to Kohl's, and because they weren't fast enough when she was trying to ret- uh, buy some things, she they, took, walked, they sent me to she, three different lines. She, she walked, just walked out of the store with a basket full of goods. No, I walked out of the store with one item, and I was just like, you, you, obviously, you guys don't want me to pay for it, because you've been sent, you sent me to three different lines that were very long, mm-hmm. and I had to pee. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to stay in this line anymore. So I just walked out of the store. And I was like, look, if they stop me, I'll pay for it. But if they don't stop me, I'm, I'm going to my car. So. Anyway, so, okay, so go on with your thoughts on this workroom. So I, I actually, like, here's the thing. I, I, I felt like, well, we'll get into the, dynam- the dynamics of the actual scene later. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... India and Mayhem, to me, seemed the most positive. So I was kind of excited going into the workroom because it seemed like they were like, we really want to do well, we want to do whatever. And I, I didn't really feel like the other teams were were like working together. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alexis and Shay were kind of passive-aggressively yeah. <laughs> saying things to each other, which, which was cracking me up. But, I mean, that scene was actually funnier in some ways than the scene that they did in the, in she and Z. But, uh, um, but yeah, I felt like they, uh, I felt like they weren't really focusing on the actual, the actual like rehearsing or anything. And then cracker with her. Okay. Again, I'm going to point out, she wore that pink jacket to the workroom and then she started drama. So I'm just going to say, anytime she wears that jacket, 
drama has started. Mm-hmm. If we're going to start saying, if we're going to start p- making connections. Yeah. So she brought up that thing with uh, Blair. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it just seemed really weird. Mm-hmm. But I will say, so that to me seemed weird. Mm-hmm. But then Jujubee, I felt, made it really funny. Mm-hmm. I could watch Jujubee listen to an argument like for a whole show. Yeah. Just her constantly going back and forth. Yeah. But uh, do you think that she, her and Miss Cracker, like, it seems like Juju B like actually thinks Miss Cracker's attractive. I'm not trying to say that like astonishingly. I'm just saying. I'll be honest with you. I go back and forth with Cracker on my, how, sometimes I see Cracker and I'm like, wow, she's really attractive, right? As a boy. Yeah. Well, she's an attractive drag queen, too. But I'm just saying, I'm talking about in a sexual, romantic way. Uh, even though I like trans girls, I'm attracted to trans girls. That's why I'm, I consider myself pansexual. Okay? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Was it... Who told me... Somebody told me about my favorite porn star, Michael Del Rey, is dating a trans girl and showed me they've made porn together. Oh, my God, Lori. I'm like, Lori. I'm going to tell you something. I think I think it depends on what Gwyneth Cracker wears. Uh, I'm not skipping ahead because no. the conversation is making no. me uncomfortable. No. Um, Wait, I, I think it's making you uncomfortable. Why? <laughs> just I don't know. Just you talking about porn. Like I just was like, okay, let's let's move on. Well, um, but hey, wait, you go on these shows, and apropos of nothing, you just start talking about. All these different things that uh, you know that uh, that, you, that you like to do with uh, Star and all this. I'm like, where, where? You are the one who keeps asking me the questions. I don't apropos of nothing. Yeah, you, you, I'm just talking about you, something else, and you're like, did I tell you about me and Star? And I'm like, oh god, here we go again, right? You're the one who always asks me if I like to drink period blood. Do you? No, I don't. <laughs> I just remember one time in 2006, you were talking about our friend Ashley. And apropos of nothing, you just said you wanted to drink her hot, steamy period blood. I never said that. You're the one who brought it up. That's not how I remember it. I remember we were at my fucking house just chilling, watching, watching the BBC America show How Clean Is Your House. A marathon. Lori and I were watching, instead of cleaning our house, we were watching a marathon on BBC America of how clean it is your house. And then, we watched that show so hard. And then, at one point, they vacuumed somebody's house, and they were showing all the dirty water. Right? They showed all the dirty water in the canisters, and they said, look at all the dirty water we took out of, look at all the dirt we took out of your carpet. And Lori went, Ooh, I just imagined myself chugging those gallons of dirty water. Lori, did you say that? It's true, right? Not at all. In fact, you talking about it is making me really sick. I remember yesterday. Oh, you were like, oh, Joe, I gotta go. And then I was like, uh, and then you just hung up because you came so hard. Uh. Uh, uh, I never said that. Anyway, Taylor the Latte Boy. 
I've never had sex without involving Taylor the Latte Boy's name in some fashion. Who doesn't? <laughs> in fact, whenever I'm having sex with somebody, which is never, I put a picture of Taylor the Latte Boy over the guy's head. <laughs> As I ride him. I call my fist Taylor the Latte Boy. As we're fucking, I go... Oh, tell me two things you like about fucking me and one thing you did not. Strangely, more times than not, they, it's about the producer manipulation. <laughs> um, I was going to say, well, with Miss Cracker, I feel like it's more what she's... Like, the outfit she wore, the camouflage outfit, I didn't really like all that much. But her outfit for the lip sync, I thought was great. So I feel like it just is really what what she wears and how she kind of puts her makeup on and stuff. What I was going to say is uh, is I go back and forth with Miss Cracker. But then, you know, uh, during the CMZ challenge when she was sitting there, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Wait, when she was a when she was in boy drag or when she was in uh, her girl drag? When she was in boy drag. Oh, okay. She had a really nice pronounced bulge in her pants. And she had her legs spread. And oh, I, just couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off Ms. Bulge in those tight jeans. I could I know she's Jewish, but what I saw confirmed that. Cause she was circumcised. Like most American men, but I just want to make a joke. But it's not, um, like, but it's not, but it's not an anti-Semitic joke. It's Jews historically for religious purposes get circumcised I didn't know what an uncircumcised penis was until about two years ago I finally finally had finally finally googled one and I was like oh that's what it looks like are you circumcised what are you what, what's your guess uh, you said like most American men, so I'm going to say yes. No, I am not circumcised. Really? No, I'm not. Lori, this is very making me very uncomfortable. Anyway. Um, okay, so let's go to the, now let's go into the Maxi Challenge. Cressley Carson, uh, you know what, actually, Lori? No, let's do that. No, this, no, this is smart. This is smart. Let's, you know what, Lori? Let's take a break right here. And okay. And when we come back, because I know it's going to de- be a deep dive, I don't want to cut it up. We'll do, we'll do a deep dive into the, um, the, what, what is it called? Oh, the Maxi Challenge. Okay, we'll be back Which right after this. Easy. Yeah. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would I do for an extra hour in the day? I'll tell you. I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz. You know, wrote things, and then it seems now that I podcast, which is a, a, a great creative outlet, by the way. I just write less, and well, I do write a lot. I just I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever's coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, 
I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy, and it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full-time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. And we're back. Uh, okay, Lori, as promised, we're going to get right into the maxi challenge. Cressley Carson from SheMZ asked the contestants who were dressed in boy drag to give her the tea. In sketch number one, Shane and Alexis shade each other over an outdoor lunch. They both reveal their pregnancies and argue over having the same baby daddy. Shay accuses Alexis of having a food baby. Alexis pulls a pillow out of Shay's blazer, and Shay pulls a pillow out of Alexis's jumpsuit. And a pillow fight ensues. Alexis rips off Shay's wig. They fight, and Alexis yells at the camera to go away. Lori, your thoughts? On the first sketch with Shay and Alexis. Okay, so um, first off with Shay and Alexis, I legitimately across the board thought this was a good scene. It heightened mm-hmm. to a good place. I thought they both did a, a pretty uh, good job. Mm-hmm. Now, to be nitpicky, yeah. um, one of the things I felt like was they didn't really give themselves or each other a lot of gifts. And mm-hmm. usually you want to give yourself gifts uh, and you want to give your partner gifts in the you know, when well, you're doing it. But why don't you explain all these things that you're talking about? I don't think a lot, not everybody here is in, uh, in the Mount Olympus of comedy and improv in Los Angeles like you are. Um, okay, so I, that's not true. But improv is hard in general. So that's what I'm going to say. Like, people practice this their whole life. So the fact that these queens with, I mean, I'm assuming little to no improv experience were able to do these scenes to me, I think shows how talented they truly are. So I'm going to say that right off the bat. Okay. Uh, Going into this, I think that first off, I think they were probably given the, well, I would say, I would say probably the second best uh, characters. This is more of a short form scene because um, they were already given the characters and what they were kicked off for this. So they already have, they can already form the personality. They don't have to create characters while they're improvising. Mm-hmm. Um, so when in improv, there's a big thing with yes. And, and what yes. And means is if you, if my partner says something, then I say yes to that in my character's voice. And I add information usually by either giving gifts for myself or more importantly, my partner in improv. Your big thing is you always want to make your partner look better. So, um, I don't feel like they really did that um, <clears throat> throughout the whole time. And that's why I feel like it started stagnating towards the end. And you'll see that in both 
this scene and a little bit in Juju B and uh, and uh, um, Blair and Cracker scene, but not a lot. I thought felt like theirs were was really good, and you'll see that a lot in India and um, uh, uh, Mayhem scene where they go crazy. Where like, uh, and it's funny though because it's a crazy thing, but like. Alexis starts shoving burgers in her bra. She starts doing like all this stuff. They, it's because they don't have anything to work with. They they're not working within that scene, so they start doing crazier things. And I think that happened after the pillow fight. Mm -hmm. So what happened was is they they were you know Ross. First off, Ross was adorable in this Mm -hmm. episode. I loved Ross, and um, I thought Ross did a good job of kind of trying to move the scenes along. And so he was the one asking questions and they would just sort of answer him. And I thought in the beginning, I thought Shay was doing a good job of sort of playing that passive aggressive, like trying to be nice, but really saying mean things. But I don't think Alexis was really giving anything. She was reacting to Shay, but she wasn't giving anything to Shay. So I think that Shay was kind of holding, was kind of steering most of that scene herself. Um, <clears throat> it Sometimes a lot of times the people who steer the scene are looking secondary because they're the ones making sense of the crazy and alexis was doing the crazy emotional reactions to uh to what shay was saying but she wasn't adding any information so shay was caught having to also add new information and react to what uh, alexis was doing okay um there's a scene in the in the in the scene where shay where um uh you find out that uh alexis is pregnant and then you find out that uh, Shay's pregnant as well, and Alexis rips the um, her dress to show that it's a pillow, mm-hmm. and Shay literally looks at the camera, almost like sort of like, well, now I don't know what to do. Like she's kind of like, what should I look at the reaction of the audience? Should, how what what am I supposed to do next? Um, again, I, another thing I will point out is it's very hard to do improv without an audience because a big thing with improv is that you rely on the audience to tell you what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. So if something's getting a laugh, you know, okay, like let's keep heightening. Let's keep doing it. If it's not getting a laugh, you know, to kind of move on. Mm-hmm. So Ross was sort of the audience, but he wasn't, la- you know, it's not like he could laugh and, you know, well, he's, also, direct he, he's also part of the scene. Yeah. He's part of the scene. So I, so it's a little, I can, that again is something that's against them. So again, this just goes to how talented they are, that they are able to sort of move things in a, in any way without audience guy, just by sheer instinct. So, um, you see Shay kind of have a moment where she's like, I don't, I sort, I don't really know what to do next, mm-hmm. but she immediately gets out of it. And she opens up, um, <clears throat> she opens up Alexis's blouse and reveal, or I think reaches down her blouse and pulls out a pillow, reveals that she's also faking it, which to me goes for the boat, the most, to me, the funniest part of the whole uh, scene, which Ross goes, they're both faking it. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So overall, I thought this was a good scene. It, scene, it heightened to a good place, but it could, just to get my, just to be nitpicky, it could have heightened to a crazier place, to a more solid place. I mean, this could have been something where they start throwing tables from other people, and they start, like, you know, using other people to fight their battles, and they, they could have done, they could have done so much with the space, they could have done so much with the information they were given, they could have, you know, walked out onto the street, they, you know, now, 
again, I will say one of the things that I, I'm doing this coming from the place of just purely watching the scene. I don't know what the logistics of production was. Maybe they could only were confined to one space. Maybe they're only confined to a table. Maybe they could only do certain, you know, so they are, they could be limited in what they're allowed to do. But that's just me coming from a nitpicky place. But yeah, I would say this is my second favorite uh, scene. Oh, this was 100% for me the best scene. Because it's the one that made the most sense. Like there was a through line. There was essentially the closest you could get to a beginning and a middle and end. And it made it heightened in a way that made sense. Right? Yeah. Uh, but by the way, both of their makeup looked awful. They did not adjust for being outside and being in day drag. They, 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 did, they painted as if they were in a club. Um, I think that was the. I think that was part of the point, though. Oh, was it? Was that part of the joke? Oh, okay. I think because they're uh, both sort of trashy, oh, okay. like queens. So I think they were. That um, was part of the. I, I liked it. I mean, you know, I thought that. Um, I, I forgot what it was about, but I liked yeah. it. I liked it. All well. right. Well, anyway, I felt that the sketch was bad, but it was probably the least bad of the three sketches. All right, let's move on to the next uh, one. It was Juju Blair and Cracker. What were your thoughts here, Lori, on on the scene with Juju Blair and Cracker? I'll tell you what it was, uh, just so everyone knows. At the Michelle Visage Free Clinic, Ross confronts Cracker about accusations over a college admission scandal. Cracker drops a pee cup. Juju and Blair are fresh from prison. Juju's accused of paying for her daughter Blair to get into drag you. Juju reveals a picture of Blair's face on Laganja's body, and Cracker turns on Juju. Blair slaps Cracker, and Cracker slaps Juju multiple <clears throat> times. Um, what were your thoughts here, Lori? So, um... I thought this was my the one of the better scenes, and I'll tell you why. So the first scene with uh, Alexis and Shay was more of a short form, like Second City improv scene. Mm-hmm. It was more of it was that scene, right? Where you have you get to it's sort of like if they were to walk out in front of an audience and say, "Okay, we need uh, a re- we need a relationship between the two of us, and mm-hmm. we need what are we? Or what what's our character? What are we?" And then you go and you do a scene, right? Mm-hmm. This this one is more of a groundlings character based scene okay. where each each person is reacting in their character and I, I felt honestly that all of them did brilliantly all of them did really well now did it go to weird places yes I thought it went to some weird places and I looked at the time this scene went longer than the other scenes so I feel like they probably it did a little feel towards the end that they were a little running out of steam but I think it's because they they had a longer time than the other ones Mm -hmm. so um I thought first I thought um uh Cracker did really well coming out Mm -hmm. and sort of being like you know I'm um uh you know I thought Ross did a great job of sort of confronting her and kind of setting up the scene. I thought Ms. Cracker did a great job of sort of like setting up what's going to happen Mm -hmm. because what, you know, then, you know, she, she basically says like, there's no, I had nothing to do with this. And then Juju and Blair come out revealing that she had everything to do with this. Mm -hmm. So, um, I felt like they, I felt Blair, to be honest with you, I felt Blair was a little underrated. I felt like she did an amazing job in this, in this scene. She played that bitchy teenager 
so well and she reacted to everything that was happening to her and she funneled it through her character and she gave her mom more and more information to use and kept, you know, as she, I felt like she, in my opinion, was directing the scene because any time that Blair would do something, Jujubee would react to Cracker and Cracker would react to Jujubee and then they would continue. So even though it looked like uh, Cracker was sort of running the scene i felt in my opinion blair was doing the most work so uh juju b was very <clears throat> excuse me juju b was very funny i felt like she had her character pretty down pat um you know i i, I again i'm gonna be nitpicky i don't really feel like there needed to be some sort of sexual tension thing that was going on but um i do see why it happened and that's, again, I feel like anytime you watch an improv scene, if it goes on for any length of time, eventually the two characters are going to start making out with each other. Is it like that rule, just, about, is that the rule about Hitler? Like every political, I think every internet debate eventually just lands up with someone calling someone Hitler? Yes, exactly. So I think when people, when people get nervous, they immediately go to sex. Mm-hmm. And so they'll just start like being like, oh, I'm so into you. And I think that's kind of what happened. Um, but I think they both handled it pretty well. I think mm-hmm. they were still realizing that they needed, they added the sexual element, element, but they also needed to still honor what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I thought this scene was pretty good. It was a little bit, look, I think it could have been a little bit more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to say, uh, my uh, opposite note from the last scene, which is, I feel like maybe they could have reined it in a little bit more and focused on what they had, mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, overall, I feel like this was a pretty great scene. This scene was horrible. I have no idea what happened at this scene. I don't know why were they, if it was a school scandal, why were they at the Michelle Visage free clinic? Okay. So I'm, this is, this brings me to a note. I do have a note here. I honestly feel like the biggest obstacles they had to deal with wasn't their skills. It wasn't the queen's skills. It was the shitty jokes that the production made them have. Like this Michelle Visage free clinic, this stupid CMZ boys room where they kept cutting in and out and doing like weird boy drag, weird, you know, bits with the boys. I felt like that was the stuff that was really dumb. And that had nothing to do with the queens that had everything to do with the writers. So I feel like the writers were trying to ham fist in. I felt like, honestly, I felt like they didn't trust their performers to do a good job. And they were like, we got to ham fist in these quote unquote funny bits into this into the scene. Yeah, I like the way they ham fisted these funny bits into the scene for no reason whatsoever. Kinda like I'm doing right now by playing this song and fucking doing it in this voice. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Lori. Oh. oh yeah, you're taking away from from the show so much yeah. oh I yeah know, just fucking just out of nowhere going into this bit that we played that death 15 minutes ago anyway oh yeah you're wasting so much time right now oh my god you're wasting so much time <laughs> can i finish please it was horrible i of the three yeah, sketches right. i could i like and okay in the first sketch i can tell you exactly what happened in the third sketch wait till we get to that one i can tell you what happened I have no idea what happened in this sketch. None. And it, when you said it went the longest, yeah. And we felt every second of it. Trust me. We know it went the longest. Thank you. 
All right, next. The boys gossip about India shoplifting at Fred Shegel. Ross confronts India about shoplifting mayhem, yells at India. Mayhem poses for CMZ, then reveals a metal detector wand. India confesses that she's a licker. Mayhem licks India's donut. India drops a vase from her panties and then licks the shattered glass. Lori, give us a long 10-minute uh, explanation of this sketch. All right. You know what? I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to give you a 20-minute explanation. <laughs> Um, so this one, I'll, uh, I guess judging from your, uh, critiques, I'll be a little shorter. This one, um, I feel like they were doomed from the beginning. The, one of the main tenets, uh, again, of improv. So we have yes. And we have make your partner look good. And we have give, give gifts, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, to give something that you're a gift is like, not saying like necessarily, here's a gift. I got you. It's like being like, you're from Missouri or, you know, you're, you know, you have your left eye doesn't work or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And, and, you know, those are bad examples, but those are sort of things that like, then the, then the person, your partner can sort of look at those and go like, Oh, okay. I I'm from Missouri. So now I, I act like, how do, how do I think of a person from Missouri acts like and stuff like that. So, uh, and how, and a big thing with, uh, with improv, a big tenet of improv is you always want to try and know the person you're in the scene with. Mm-hmm. Not like, I'm not talking about like your partner. I'm talking about you as characters should know each other. You should have a relationship. Um, one improv teacher I, I had that I, I really like always said, you want to kind of always think that you and this person know each other for about two and a half years, because that's enough time to where you sort of get a gist of the person, but you can still be surprised by what they're doing. So um, I felt like these, these two had already started off with uh, downhill because they didn't know each other. And also you you want to try and shy away from transactional scenes. And this was essentially a transactional scene where it was Mayhem was like, give me back my stolen goods. And and uh, India was like, what are you talking about? I didn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. So they were not only, they weren't yes-anding, but they also weren't, you know, th- yeah. there wasn't anything to move the scene along. They weren't in a, re- they didn't have a relationship. They didn't, they didn't know each other that well. Mm-hmm. So there was really nothing to go. Now, could they have done this themselves? Yes. They could have. They could have started a relationship. They could have improvised that. But I mean, you know, it's when you don't do when you're not an improv person, it's hard to realize that that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so when they're given these characters yeah. and they're playing to the characters, it's hard for them to be like, oh, yeah, I should also make sure that we know each other mm-hmm. and I should I should uh, we should forge a relationship. That's mm-hmm. that's a it's hard for those people to do. So on that end, I felt like they did it as best they could. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, they went insane almost in almost immediately. And um, the licking thing was pretty, pretty much. I was like, they're going to do something crazy at the end because they have nowhere else to go. They don't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. They don't know each other. They're not acknowledging that India is not acknowledging that she's stolen anything. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to some crazy thing because right now all they're doing is just yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And so they, India says the thing about licking. Now that's, that's fine. That's an, oh, that's a crazy extreme, but, but then mayhem agrees with her and starts licking. Now, you could essentially ha- make an argument for that. Yeah, maybe they could both be into licking. But I think the the more uh, reasonable thing was that 
mayhem needed to then be the person of reason mm-hmm. mayhem needed to be like who gives a shit why you know you're you're licking like that's that's really weird why not just eat the donut like yeah. you're not getting any nutrients in and even when um she drops the the vase from her hoo-ha yeah. and starts licking it nobody's calling out that crazy and you always want to call out the crazy even if you want to join in you always be like that's the craziest thing i've ever seen and i'm into it so you know but nobody did that nobody called out the crazy in this so i think i think they both thought that they did a great job because they went to such a extreme place but I don't. I, I think that it was because they hadn't. They it was there was no substance. But then let me. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you here for a second. This sketch was horrible. It was the worst one of them all. I will say, interesting note, and Lori would know this. Uh, the parking lot of Fred Siegel in West Hollywood is where you where a lot. Of, you're not supposed to, but where the comics park to go to the improv because there's no parking. Yeah. The improv. Yeah. Um. And uh, by the way, that's not the real parking lot of Fred Siegel. Um. He, but going to what you were saying, that's a very good point about not calling the crazy. They don't call the crazy. But don't you think that's really a failure of Ross's part? That should have been Ross's job to call the crazy. Like, I'm holding the camera like, oh, my God, that's just crazy. Who does this? Well, he kind of did. He was like, oh, this is great. She and Z report or whatever. But he didn't say he wasn't. He's not supposed to be the 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 the. Uh, straight man Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be sort of like the the instigator or or sort of you know so he kind of did he did his job Mm -hmm. you know he's not supposed to move the scene one way or another Mm -hmm. and so i think excuse me i think that they you know look again i think they did their best with what they were given and the fact that um i'm just assuming they don't have any improv experience they did they did as best a scene as they could have possibly done. All right. Very good. All right, uh, Laurie, that was a very good, that was very good. You see, this is why people, and people now you can understand why Laurie is the goddess of comedy and improv in Los Angeles. Uh, You know, again, now you see why Robin Williams asked to um, perform with Laurie. Look how much she knows about this. Well, also, I think that there should have been, uh, see, one of my, notes again is that there need i wish we would have seen more behind the scenes i would have loved to have seen an improv coach come in and do like a improv thing with them and mm-hmm. kind of just give them tenets of of improv yeah. i think if if indian mayhem had just known maybe make sure you guys know each other i think the scene would have been 10 times better but Lori, this is where you and i i'm not even joking i'm announcing now uh the creation I don't know how long it's going to take to put together of a new Patreon show that we're going to call Drag You. I hope the title's not taken, right? Where you, I will host. <laughs> Drag okay? You. Yeah. I will be the Wait, host. Wait, isn't Drag You the defunct uh, yeah. school that uh, RuPaul had? Mm-hmm. In fact, I even have the theme song right here. I, I actually think it's an underrated RuPaul song. It's actually a really fun uh, RuPaul song. Uh, I, I can't find it. Where is it? Uh, I'll find it. Right, but there, there is a, uh, the the drag you theme song is a really fun RuPaul song. That I wish she maybe because it was the theme song. I'll find it before the end of the show. Uh, uh, she they don't play it more. I should. It's it's a really fun upbeat song. We'll play it right now. Okay. Anyway, um, 
Uh, oh, okay. So we're going to go on now. To, oh, you know what, Lori? I forgot, where, where was my brain? It is now time for the looks. The category is Camo Couture. Uh, guest judge Sarah Hyland from Modern Family was with the judges. Uh, Lauren, did you have any big takeaways from the looks? Um, I loved them all. Oh, you did? All of them? I thought India looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually kind of not, not shocked because I felt like she's been doing pretty good on the runway, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But she looks really great. I felt like she... And I actually... I think this is the majority... Except for the moment with uh, Mayhem Miller, mm-hmm. I would say the majority of the notes given by the judges is what I agree with. And they even said that usually they don't think that this look is is pretty good, but I mm-hmm. thought they did great. I also thought RuPaul looked great. I loved her dress. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I love I, the judges. I thought Sarah Hyland, I feel like, is... I think she's going to become, like, a big star. I think she's she's just great. But I thought she looked great. I loved her hair. But yeah, I love Jujubee's uh, dress with the cape. I thought that looked great. I feel like that to me was like the most dressier, the dressier of the camouflage, in my opinion. Like, I feel like you could actually, I could see somebody wearing that out. But everything else I felt like was kind of couture and, you know, not necessarily for outside use. So, but yeah, I thought everybody looked great. I thought Jujubee looked the best and captured the challenge the best. Blair St. Clair, how is that fucking camouflage? Because she's dressed like a tree? Well, she... It's camouflage because she has camouflage. She's using the camouflage as branches. So I thought that was actually a really good interpretation. I thought India looked cheap. I thought her outfit looked cheap. I think she looked cheap. Didn't like it. I thought Shay looked amazing. Per usual. We're, and, uh, we're really good at the looks. We should we should do the looks like this every week. Yeah, I just I love how like I'm talking like I have like five sentences and you're just like I thought she looked cheap. Moving on. I'm gonna tell you something. I mean, that's and look talking about improv classes. Maybe you should take some broadcasting. Talking short bursts, Lori. Horrible. The end. Okay. Those are the looks. Look, it's well known. Oh, we didn't talk about Elimination Day. I skipped that. Let's go to Elimination Day. It's Elimination Day and the queens prepare for the runway. Alexis and Shay joke around about loving each other. Shay says that she had fun in the challenge but still doesn't trust her. Blair reveals she had a DUI. Mayhem reveals that she has two DUIs. So she was served. And she was arrested and dragged both times. She was made to strip naked. Officers laughed and took pictures of her. After serving time, Mayhem got help and says that she uh, held back that star in her season but she's now more comfortable in her skin. Lori, your thoughts on the Elimination Day conversations? I thought it was awful. I, I felt so bad for mayhem. Mm-hmm. I I mean, look, I I've had I've had several friends unfortunately die due to <gasps> oh, drunk right. driving accidents. That's right. Yeah. And um, so I I don't see drunk driving as I I think it's it's uh I I think it's honestly the one of the most abhorrent things you could do. Mm-hmm. But on the same coin, you know, I mean, she admitted she was wrong. She admitted mm-hmm. that she had a problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the police officer's treatment of her was in any way right or necessary. I thought it was so awful that yeah. she was she was put through that. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know. I thought it was, I, I, it was, I, I'm glad I thought it was brave of her to share. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I hate to, you know, I feel like we keep bringing up race and stuff, but I mean, I feel like it's just another story from an African-American man of how the police treated them differently Mm -hmm. and treated them horribly. And I, I would be interested to find out if, if somebody else had been arrested, if a white person had been arrested in drag, if they would have been treated the same way. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure with Blair St. Clair, they just took her home and tucked her in into a, yeah. in a, a little matchbox. But, you know, um, you know what's funny, though, is I happen to know about Blair St. Clair. I was following her story even before she was on her season. So I don't think her timeline is correct. Unless I think... The only thing she, I think, because I feel we knew in the Drag Race community that she had been arrested for a DUI before her elimination on the show. I feel when we even went into the season, we knew she'd been arrested for a DUI. So I think what she really said or meant, and they made her change it because they don't like to, to, um, they don't like to show the behind the scenes stuff too much. I think this is a bad memory, and I have to go do research. I think. She got drunk and was arrested for your DUI the weekend she got home after really being eliminated in the competition. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's the case. I think we knew about it before the season. Like, I feel like it came out after Meet the Queens, but before the season aired, uh, Spoiled Drag Race found out that she had been arrested for a DUI. So, um, and they were wondering... Uh, how that was going to play on the show, what they were going to do. It was such an innocent time back then when they thought they would uh, disqualify her from the competition because she had a DUI. Oh, my God. Uh, Yes, that's a horrible story about mayhem. (laughs) And I thought the Alexis and Shay joking around, like we we got the joke once and then I felt it just felt very overproduced. I don't know know if it's by a producer or by themselves, but it was it felt overdone. Yeah. All right. Now we've done the looks. Uh, let's go to the critiques. Sharon Blair, Shay and Blair are safe and dismissed from the stage. Juju's praised for her yes and improv acting, but criticized for her runway look. Mayhem's criticized for her runway look and also criticized for her acting. Mayhem claps back at Carson over his critiques of her look, and Michelle calls her out for having an attitude. Juju, it's it's always a good thing to say to a black person. Uh, Juju and Alexis are safe. Mayhem and Indy are in the bottom two. Miss Cracker is named the top all-star of the week. Before the lip sync, Cracker talks to the bottom queens. Mayhem says she wants to prove that she's an all-star. India throws Mayhem under the bus and says that Mayhem held back. Your thoughts on everything main stage and before the lip sync, Lori? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. I also didn't like that uh, Michelle confront when Michelle confronted her in the in the untucked episode when she's like, "Oh, I felt a little bit of an attitude," and I was like, you know. Just drop it. Like, why do you give so much? Why do you care? Yeah. You know? Oh, are you upset that somebody was bitchy to you because you were judging her for a competition that she wants Mm -hmm. to say? Like, fucking grow up. Like, I I just love how these judges are so thick, so thin skinned, but they expect the the queens to be to be able to take the criticism. Listen, one time they made a joke about drag you on season seven. You remember this? And Michelle's yeah. like, what you say about drag you? What you say about drag Which was so fake, by the way, right? And yeah. you, you know what I said to her? <laughs> yeah, coming in here on RuPaul Radio, it's RuPaul with a theme to drag you. It's the first day of spring. It is? 
I want to get to the hook. Okay. I'm spreading my wings. Spread them, bitch. you fucking look girl oh my god get to the hook here it comes what was the point of drag you it was a makeover show and so they would bring in they would bring in uh, large, frumpy women who only wear black shirts and just have their hair pulled back and horn rim glasses and uh, just I can't believe those rose, women still ro- think that they and they vomit and have diarrhea in the middle of podcasts. They bring in those people oh, and wow. the drag qu- and dainty wrists supposedly, and they bring in um, dainty. yeah, they bring in these women. The drag queens work with them to make them look. Beautiful. I feel like, based off your description, I feel mm-hmm. like I might be. Mm, I should apply. No, no. Maybe I should see if Drag You can start opening back up again, and then. Yeah. You know, actually, um, you know Judy Carter. Uh, what? Uh, you know Judy Carter. God, by the way, this, yeah. I'm talking about someone inside. She's a LA comedy teacher. Her wife was the producer of Drag You. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that why it failed so miserably? <laughs> All right. Any uh, other thoughts on uh, everything we just said? No. Yeah. I just, I, I, I liked, I agreed with almost all critiques except for Mayhem. I thought Mayhem looked great. I mm-hmm. felt like she looked sexy. I felt like she, I felt like she looked great. And um, I was fr- very frustrated with India for throwing her under the bus. I felt like it, Mayhem was trying to steer the, sh- the ship mm-hmm. and India was essentially like, um, you know, throwing uh, shit off the side of the boat for no reason so you know it just i i don't feel like india was i feel like mayhem was the driving force of the scene all right let's move on uh ms cracker during the elimination faces off against this week's lip sync assassin morgan mcmichaels the song where have you been by rihanna rue after the after after the lip sync announces a double win with cracker winning twenty thousand dollars and now the possibility of two Queen's going home. So if Cracker pulls one lipstick like India, and let's say uh, Morgan pulled Mayhem, they would both go home, right? Morgan reveals her lipstick, and it has Mayhem's name on it. Cracker also reveals her lipstick, but it also has Mayhem's lipstick, Mayhem's name on it. And Mayhem, yeah, I didn't like that twist. I was like, oh, that could be, yeah, that could that could be. I wonder if that'll happen in. In, in going forward, because yeah. that that is a good twist. Anyway, Mayhem Miller is eliminated. Lori Roggenkamp, any final thoughts on the episode? Um, you know, I honestly feel like I don't feel like both of them won. I feel like both of them just didn't lose. If that makes sense, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like Morgan McMichael's did an amazing job, and I didn't feel like uh, Cracker did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just sort of like didn't drop, didn't like suck, and they didn't suck the same at the same level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the only thing that I thought was kind of funny was when uh, Cracker was doing that thing where she was rolling her leg and hopping over it, and then Morgan McMichael's also jumped. Oh, over that her was leg. funny. Yeah, I thought that was co- that was funny, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I they didn't really do anything that I was like, "Ooh, that's cool." Mm-hmm. You know, I I didn't really think that the lip sync was all. All that, but I mean, I'm glad Miss Cracker won the twenty thousand, mm-hmm. and um, you know, 
it was interesting to find out that 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 was a caveat for for uh, both of them winning. So yeah. yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, any final things, Lori? Any final points you didn't make? I'm a little frustrated that India didn't go home. I felt like track record why she should have gone home. I felt like um, seeing why she should have gone home. I feel like maybe there's this there's a, a person we're not seeing mm-hmm. because everybody, even Mayhem and Untucked, said she voted for herself, mm-hmm. which we should talk. I could talk about that for 20 minutes because oh, please again, don't. it's like if, if you're not here to compete, then don't bother. Like, don't do like. Why is it these women cannot understand competition? Like, why can't they understand what a competition means? Vote for the other person, goddammit. Even if you don't think you should have won or should be here, still vote for the other person. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. There's so many things in life that, that are done unfairly. So, you know, it's a competition. You do everything you need to do to win. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand these queens that are like, uh, I can't, uh, I couldn't go to sleep at night knowing that I voted for India. It's like, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Take a sleeping pill. You know, I, I don't know. I just think it was so, so frustrating that that she voted for herself. I uh, think India is only staying in the competition because I don't know. She gives blowjobs to the group at the end of the show. Rue's head was shiny during the maxi challenge. Like it was distractingly <laughs> shiny. So, but what's funny is she had the makeup that went up to a certain point. And so that wasn't shiny. Her face wasn't shiny. And then the very top of her head was super shiny. That's it? Yeah. Well, also, I forgot to mention that I love how, yet again, Mayhem has her big mirror moment and she goes home. Like, if you don't admit your big secret, because that's the ticket for you to go home. You're just buying yourself a ticket if you make your... your uh, 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 I also like that jumper. I thought that was a cute jumper. Who? Mayhem's jumper. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Bree Weiss and Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. So, for Lori Roggenkamp and myself. Sashay away. Until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drag Race Recap. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Twitter at PickleMyth. She also has other podcasts like The Bloody Podcast and Lori and Colin Have an Episode. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support Lori on Patreon at patreon.com slash bloodypodcast. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. 